everyone. This is Morgan Phelps with Acuity Brands. Thank you for tuning in to the Women in Sustainability and Enterprise podcast, also known as WISE. We created this podcast to elevate the voices and achievements of women within Acuity Brands who are working towards a more sustainable environment and workplace. As Acuity continues their sustainable journey, we want to amplify the stories of the women who helped us get here because it takes us all. Welcome to our journey. Welcome to the Women in Sustainability and Enterprise podcast. I'm your co-host, Lauren Scott, alongside Simran Clare. Our guest today is Cheryl English. Cheryl is the Vice President of Public Policy for Acuity Brands. She's responsible for legislative and regulatory activities, government relations, and industry activities. Throughout her career at Acuity, she has held various positions, including engineering, product development, testing labs, marketing, and public policy. Cheryl has been active in the Illuminating Engineering Society, IES, for over 40 years and has served as president of the society from 2017 to 2018. She is a fellow in the IES as well as a recipient of the Marks Award, the society's highest service award. Cheryl serves on the board of managers for the National Electrical Manufacturers Association Lighting Systems Division and received the NEMA Kitan Key Award recognizing her contributions to advancing interests of the electrical industry. She was also recognized by the Manufacturing Institute Step Ahead Award for her leadership in the manufacturing industry. She's a past board member of the National Institute for Building Sciences. Cheryl completed her Master of Business Administration degree in the Georgia State University Executive MBA program. She earned her Bachelor of Science degree in Architectural Engineering with an option in Illumination and Electrical Systems at the University of Colorado. And now over to Simran. Thanks so much for kicking us off, Lauren. Cheryl, in your own words, could you start off our conversation by running our listeners through your professional journey so far and how you got to where you are today? Sure. And um, thank you, Simran and and Lauren, for inviting me today. This is a great opportunity to share with the audience I actually started my interest in lighting through my undergraduate degree in college at the University of Colorado, which is one of the few programs that actually has a engineering discipline focused on lighting. And you know, I thought I was going to be a computer programmer. I took my first introduction to lighting course, and I was just hooked with the balance of the art and science that was available through this lighting engineering program. So that really piqued my interest and and I was stuck in lighting from there. I started out of college at Lithonia Lighting as an application engineer, and then I moved into developing design tools for our specification customers. And oddly enough, through each of my career moves, the job I was elevated to didn't actually exist previously. So it was like I was creating my own destiny within the company. And that was based on seeing gaps and opportunities and making proposals to do the work in those areas in which I had passion. In the early 2000s, there were a number of federal programs focusing on energy And it was a logical area for me to be engaged with my technical background. And now I'm in a role of public policy that still relies on my technical lighting knowledge, but it's very different from where I thought it would be when I first started with the company. Such a a deep background and, and history with the organization, and certainly also on the industry association and committee side. 
Could you talk a little bit about how this came to be and the role that you view these organizations in your own professional development? Sure. My industry involvement actually started in college, and I was a member of the student section of the Illuminating Engineering Society. And fortunately, Lithonia Lighting and now Acuity has a long history of support for the IES. And so I was able to continue my engagement with IES even after I started my career. On the trade association work, um, this was really something that our company realized we needed to be engaged in, but nobody really wanted to do this type of work. And I looked at it, it was a male dominated area, which wasn't foreign to me given the time frame and, and the scope of being a woman in a technical field. But I looked at it as an opportunity to grow and to be recognized. And so it was like I was in the spotlight or sometimes maybe under the magnifying glass um, that has its pros and cons. But I think it really gives an opportunity to excel and engage in a thoughtful and purposeful way. And so this type of industry work outside of our corporation is really important because it gives me a keen sense of what our customers value and how we can improve our company. And the collaboration with our competitors through trade associations reinforces our industry and helps the industry as a whole to grow. Could you provide our listeners some examples of how you see your background in engineering, product development, testing labs, marketing, and public policy, giving you a unique perspective and how we can use technology to solve problems within the built environment? Simran, I'm so thankful that my career at Acuity has had so much diversity. Uh, it's allowed me to connect through the concept of our products, the validation of our product performance through testing labs, uh, the promotion of our products through marketing and training activities, and even engaging with the end user. Uh, these are diverse opportunities that most people don't get with the career set. So uh, again, I just really encourage so many people to, to reach out beyond your normal job function and get engaged in other activities. We certainly find ourselves at a moment in time where climate action and solutions are taking center stage. Could you run us through, especially given your background, what are the different roles of government and industry in finding these solutions and encouraging their adoption? Yeah, Lauren, I think certainly right now the connected and resilient buildings is a key opportunity. And Technology is going to drive that. Uh, no longer are we in the time frame where just replacing components such as a simple lamp replacement is going to get us where we need to be in terms of climate goals or even acuities goals. And so energy carbon reduction are critical and lighting plays a key role with connected controls in that opportunity. Um, Daylighting and skylights are also a key component of that connected and resilient building. And then more recently, I think there's been a lot of movement, especially in Canada and throughout the U.S., on reducing mercury. And the elimination of mercury in light sources is a very hot topic right now. And there are some pieces of legislation moving forward to essentially limit the sale of mercury-containing lamps. 
this is something that Acuity is keenly focused on. We're looking at ways to shift demand in our product portfolio and really work to eliminate the, those products that rely on light sources utilizing mercury. Going back to your experiences when you first joined Acuity in 1982, how have you seen our sustainability journey evolve to where we are today as a company? Oddly enough, a lot of people don't realize that Acuity's sustainability journey actually began around the mid-2000s. In 2006, we began a sustainability initiative that was really a grassroots type of initiative. A number of people with a passion around environment and uh, carbon-related issues got together and we created an informal program within the company. And some of the things that we accomplished at that time really began to set the culture of the organization we are today. Um, one of the initial things we did was we actually took away all the associates' trash cans in their individual offices and cubes, and we created centralized recycling centers. Part of the focus on that was certainly to improve the rate of our recycling. But it was also to create a culture where we had the associates understand what they were generating in terms of waste. And so if people realized that they were going to have to get up from their desk and actually take things to a recycle center, they might think twice about, do I really need to print this? Or can I do some things to eliminate that waste? And these recycle centers kind of became the social area of buildings. People would gather there and chat and share ideas about environmental issues. We also did a number of audits at our facilities and upgrades uh, to improve our energy efficiency. And now our operations council, this is second nature. They're always looking for ways to improve the energy performance of our manufacturing processes. Of course, in the last couple of years, we've made tremendous progress with really much more formalized processes, specific metrics, goals, establishing our carbon reduction goals, and really more focus on our associates and community with a broader perspective on sustainability. We've seen a tremendous transition at Acuity Brands over the past few decades since you joined. What role do you think lighting is going to play going forward in offering solutions for people and the planet? Well, Lauren, energy is obvious, and that is really the core of lighting. Um, it will always be a key driver in these energy reductions. But you do see now with LED lighting that the energy is already pretty low. There's more to gain here, but we're now focusing on a lot of other attributes. And recently I attended a program uh, that had a, a session about the Sinclair Hotel in Fort Worth, Texas. And this hotel is on its own complete microgrid. And I think we'll see a lot more work about regional energy development and, and grid transition locally rather than relying on utilities in our traditional type of model. I think the other part of lighting is that there's a real opportunity for social impact. So we talk about the human utility of lighting and how we can use navigation, 
and wayfinding systems that can help people with low vision. And they can use apps or other tools through location services in the lighting to be able to find their way to where they need to go. And then, of course, light and health is a critical aspect of lighting. So spectral content, um, intensity, time of lighting can help with recovery of patients in healthcare facilities. It can help Alzheimer's patients become more calm throughout the day and sleep better at night. And then, of course, schools. Students can have improved learning performance with the right spectral content and intensities and daylight views throughout the day. As we look towards bringing more diversity, both within acuity brands as an organization, as well as the industrial technology industry as a whole, what advice would you have for the younger generation or a younger version of yourself as they make their progress towards their career? Speak up and speak up with authority. And this really requires young professionals to make sure that you've got data and facts that support your positions. It's one thing to have an opinion. It's another thing to be able to speak up with the data and the facts that support your your position and really helps you move forward with credibility. I also think that you have to take control of creating and managing your own brand. So be aware of your actions, your positions through everything you do. And this isn't just at work, but it's also, you know, in your social environment, what you do on social media, how you interact with your peers. And then I, you know, think this is a great opportunity to recognize the changes that have happened. I, I actually am quite jealous for our younger generation of people coming into the industry because there are so many good things in terms of the work environment and the opportunities to look forward to. There are a lot of trailblazing women and minorities who paved the way for this next generation. So raising awareness and shifting perspectives are not something that our younger emerging professionals have to be challenged with. Nobody's going to ask a woman or minority why they're taking a job from someone else who would traditionally be considered the preferred candidate for a job. There's so many great examples in acuity and in our interest, and I'm just so thankful to have been part of that uh, trailblazing process. Well, thank you for, for being one of those trailblazers at Acuity Brands. Shifting the conversation to learn a little more about your personal life, how do you incorporate the sustainability mindset in your day-to-day It'll probably sound weird, but I love food, and that's the basis of my sustainability interests. Um, with that, you know, I love the science of cooking. I love the art of the presentation of food. I love the taste of food. Um, and so with that, you can imagine that I'm a gardener. I'm a maniacal composter and recycler. And Earlier on in my career, I attended a program by architect William McDonough, and he talked about the whole cycle of waste equals food. And we often think of that in the reverse, that food equals waste, but it is a complete cycle. And so I constantly think about this cycle and what we can do more 
with our waste to generate food and then food generating that useful waste. I grew up in Colorado, so I'm drawn to the outdoors. I love being outdoor. I'm an advocate for dark sky, and I'm also very passionate about working with communities. And even though I'm in the lighting industry and my company makes outdoor light fixtures, I think it's important for communities to understand responsible outdoor lighting design philosophy and application philosophy. I also like to focus on giving back. And my passion has really been related to medical research and care. And I'm an advocate for the Alzheimer's Association, and they started a program called The Longest Day. And with that program, it's a fundraising program on The Longest Day, the summer solstice of June 21st. And they encourage advocates to get out and do what you enjoy. And I love to kayak. And I joined this program five years ago and decided to make my kayaking adventures a fundraising opportunity. And in the last couple of years, my fundraiser and my team have ranked among the highest fundraisers in the state of Georgia and in the Southeast region. In the scope of women and sustainability and enterprise, are there any resources such as books or podcasts, publications or documentaries that you would recommend our listeners check out in their perspective journeys to learn more? My first inspiration for sustainability was hearing Ray Anderson, who was the CEO of Interface, which was a carpeting company. Uh, and this goes back to 1998. And his book, Mid-Course Correction, was a real inspiration to me. And it's still very relevant today. But he was a brave pioneer at the time where carpeting industry was really a pretty dirty manufacturing process. And he looked at ways that his company should be more responsible to the environment over the financial implications. That was not a popular uh, perspective for corporations in the late 90s. And he kind of coined the phrase, doing well by doing good. And I think it encouraged me and a lot of other business people to understand that when you do well to your communities, your company will also do good. I'm currently reading How to Avoid a Climate Disaster by Bill Gates, and I'm not finished with the book yet, but it's quite interesting because it really focuses on hows. How do we make things? How do we grow things? How do we get around? And creating more awareness of how we do things also helps us understand how to improve that. And it's a hard process. We have a lot of comforts that we're not necessarily willing to give up, but it is a process that we all have to embrace. And technology is going to be a real opportunity for us to find the breakthroughs to this climate opportunity. The narrative around the current social and environmental climate can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelming and probably especially so for those who are very passionate about what they do. How do you manage to stay motivated in both your personal and professional endeavors, despite what can sometimes feel a little bit heavy? It's hard. We're all really busy. We all have personal or professional goals around sustainability. 
And I think you have to be really conscious to preserve your time to your priorities and focus your energy on the things that actually refuel you. And so I like to encourage people to switch it up, you know, avoid the ruts. When you find yourself getting frustrated in a rut, try new things, be curious, reach out to others. And, you know, at the end of the day, just do good. We all know what's good for ourselves. We know what's good for our communities. We know what's good for the environment. And you have to make time to do that. As we come to the end of our conversation, we often like to ask our guests what sustainability means to them. So turning that question to you in a, in a few sentences, what does that word mean to you? Sustainability has always been kind of vague, and it means a lot of different things to different people. So I think defining what sustainability means to individuals is important. And there really is no one answer or no right answer. To me, I think my sustainability journey began in that traditional focus of reducing energy, focusing on carbon, those benefits to our environment. And no doubt that has been and continues to be a key driver. But more recently, I think the broader focus of an environmental, social, governments type of focus is really important. No matter what perspective an individual has on sustainability, this balanced focus means that there's something in it for anyone to be passionate about. So, you know, if you like to hike or, or go outdoors, preserving our natural environment is important. Um, equity in gender, race, and religion really falls into this whole scope. Helping others. All of these things will resonate with people differently, but it's going to require all of us with a strong commitment to really move forward in a responsible way. And the good news is that there are tremendous opportunities for everyone and you don't have to do everything. Just find the things that you're passionate about and get immersed and get engaged. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Cheryl, and for the remarkable four decades that you have invested in Acuity Brands. You're truly a trailblazer for, for young women coming up in the organization and individuals across Acuity Brands. We, we truly cannot wait to see what's next on your sustainability journey. Thank you for supporting this month's Women of the Month here on WISE. We're looking forward to sharing more success and stories with you all here at Acuity Brands. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, and we'll see you all next month.